following is a continuation in our series looking at the effects of sin on areas of our lives and how Jesus seeks to speak into them. We hope you enjoy. Let's go ahead and pray and ask God to meet us during this time. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you that this is a place where we can come and learn and grow in our faith. And we ask that as we look at rest and Sabbath tonight, Lord, that you would encourage us to think about the ways that we view rest and how much we need it. And let's pray that you would give us a healthy picture of what that looks like. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Right, so go ahead and turn to Genesis chapter 3. Tonight we're going to talk about rest. I want you to think about this. I want you to picture in your head what is your happy place. What is the place where you go to unwind, to check out, to relax, to rest? Maybe it's a specific vacation place that you and your family go to. Maybe it's a particular place in town that you like to visit. Perhaps it's as simple as your couch or your bed because you just love to go and rest there. We all love those periodic times where we get to go and rest. I want to share just a couple pictures with you tonight. This is my place of rest, my place to unwind, my happy place. This is Greenville, South Carolina, one of my favorite cities in the entire world. I love this place because there's so many memories that are attached to this city. Okay, I want to show you just a couple. Jerry Lynn and I got engaged on that rock right there. So whenever we go back to Greenville... This brings me a lot of joy. There's also a bridge that's over here somewhere where like people were cheering for us. So we walked out. We, we got on the rocks and we walked out. There's Jerry Lynn. That was the day we got engaged. I didn't have a beard back then. My best friend Thomas lives in Greenville. So when I go back to Greenville, I get to hang out with my best bud of all time. So we have places of rest, places that bring us relaxation, joy, and happiness. And this is an incredibly difficult topic for us tonight to think about rest because we live in a culture that tells us that you need to always be doing and doing and doing. Okay? There's so many things to do. Okay? We don't have a whole lot of free time. And rest, if it, if it comes at all, it comes in short spurts. And we don't get the adequate amount of rest that we need. We can never seem to just catch up on rest. So tonight, I want us to see this. If you're taking notes, here's our main point. We are not created to be superhumans. We need rest. We are not created to be superhumans. We need rest. So I want to ask our first question for the evening. How has the fall deformed our view of rest? So I'm going to invite Caleb to come up and read from Genesis 3, 17 to 19 for us. And to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Uh, in pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. You shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. So when sin entered into the world, we began to see the extent and the reach of the effects of the fall, work was created to be this beautiful thing. In fact, work is created before the fall, so work isn't supposed to be this hard thing. It was created for our good. It was created for us to live and to cultivate and provide and nurture. It was good to work. 
However, the hardships of work come after the fall. It comes at this very point. Adam's work was to cultivate the earth. He was to grow things. He was to shepherd things. And now he has to deal with things like in our passage, like thorns and thistles, weeds, natural disaster, bad weather. His work is laborious. He's going to sweat. He's going to hurt and he's going to bleed by doing his work. Until, as God says to Adam, you will return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. And what we see is that the fall shows us that we have great limitations as human beings. I know oftentimes we like to think that we don't have limitations, that we can do it all, that we can do everything, we can fill our schedules, we can fill our time and just do all this stuff. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, because a lot of things that we do are good and joyful, But we have limitations as human beings. We're not that great at recognizing our own limitations, and we're not that great at taking care of ourselves in the middle of those limitations. And oftentimes, you and I will try to justify that to the detriment of our health, sleep, and sanity. Writer Kevin DeYoung, in his book, I've got the quote up here on the screen for you, and I want to recommend you read this book. It's a short book. In fact, it's called A Mercifully Short Book for a Really Big Problem. That's kind of the tagline of the book, but it's called Crazy Busy by Kevin DeYoung. I promise you, it's about that thin, really short. It's worth your time. And in this book, he says, the hectic pace of life can make us physically and spiritually sick. It's not likely a surprise to you. What we may not recognize is that our crazy schedules are often signals that the sickness has already set in. See, we will pack our time with so much stuff because we feel like we have to. We feel like if we're not doing something, then something is wrong. Again, we live in a time where we are told to do that, right? I'm not saying this is your fault. Your schools, the colleges you're trying to apply for, they're all telling you to pack your schedules, to fill your resumes. For many of us, this is outside of our control. And there's not a whole lot we can do about that. The pressure to play so many sports a year, to take all AP classes, to participate in all the extracurricular activities, to pad that resume, it's hard. It's exhausting. Can you all admit that, how exhausting that is? I look at y'all's schedules and I look back to when I was in high school. It was way different. I didn't have that pressure to fill my schedule with all this stuff as much as y'all do. And my heart breaks for that. I want you to hear that. Like, I long for the day where y'all don't have to experience that. And hopefully it'll come during your time in school where institutionally, we start to change things and and break these expectations. But I think the reason we do this is because we feel like we're going to fall behind everybody else, that we won't get the upper hand, we won't get into the college that we want to get into if we don't dive into that full steam ahead. Yet, more than ever, you and I need to realize that it's good for us to be doing things, it's good for us to do the things that we enjoy and to long and set goals for ourselves. But we also have to realize that there's only so many hours in a day and that there's only so much of us that we can give. Our bodies are not made to go a mile a minute all the time. Our bodies are not made to work 80, 90, 100 plus hours of work a week. That's not sustainable and it's not healthy at all. We all need rest. So one of the ways that the fall deforms our view of rest is we think that we don't need it. We think that we are that superhuman. But there's another way that the fall deforms our rest, and that's that we just get flat out lazy. 
Proverbs 24:32 says, "A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest." Sometimes we can idolize rest. It's good for us to rest, but if we idolize rest, it becomes a bigger problem. We require rest, but we can venture into laziness if we're not careful. And we all have lazy moments. It's okay to have those lazy moments. But if our life is defined by lazy moments, then we have a big, big problem. Rest is not bad. A bad use of rest is bad. Rest is not bad, but a bad use of rest is bad. The sluggard, according to this passage, says just a little more sleep, just a little more slumber, just a little more folding of the hands to rest. And this isn't because the sluggard needs that sleep. It's because they don't want to do anything. They want to be lazy. They want to be a sluggard. They'd rather drown themselves in their sleep than actually deal with what their problems are and to deal with what they have to take care of that day. So I want you to ask this question. What does balance look like for you? Because for all of us, it's going to take thinking about that with your own life, with your own schedule, trying to think about what a healthy balance of your schedule and rest looks like. Because we don't like to think about our own limitations. We don't like to think about our own propensity to be lazy. We don't like to think about our own propensity to work ourselves to death. This is how the fall has affected our view of rest, and we have to be careful because we need it. So how does Jesus reform that? How does Jesus speak into that? So let's turn to Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, and Luke is going to come up and read that for us. As we read this, I want you to think about how God has wonderfully and graciously built in a pattern of rest for us. He's given this to us as a gift. This is Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. It says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Again, God has built in a pattern for you and I to take advantage of. This is a gift from him to you, from him to me, from him to all of us. He himself abides by this pattern in creation. He created, he worked, and he rested. It's not like God needed rest, but he, again, he's, he's showing us something good here. He's showing us this good pattern. The fourth commandment teaches us, remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant, female servant, your livestock, your sojourner within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. He sets aside a day for us to take advantage of. And sometimes we don't like to use that day for what it's for. Sometimes we like to use it for other things. And I'm not going to stand up here and give you all rules for the Sabbath because I'm not a Pharisee. I'm not going to try and throw a bunch of man-made rules on you. But I want you to think about what a Sunday would look like for you if you actually took a Sabbath rest. We can be really self-righteous about it if we're not careful. Caroline, why don't you come up and read our last passage for the evening, Mark 2, 23 to 28. This is the passage where Jesus is going to tell us about who he is. He is the Lord of the Sabbath and how he created it for us for our good. One Sabbath, he was going through the grain fields. And as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees were saying to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, 
Have you never read what David did when he was in need and was hungry, he and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar, the high priest, and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priests to eat, and also gave to those who were with him? And he said, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Thank you, Caroline. So again, Jesus wants to rest from putting self-righteous restrictions on the Sabbath. A lot of times we can think about you know, the way that we view Sundays, and we can have an unhealthy view of that as well. This is another way that the fall has affected our view of the Sabbath, is we put rules on it that aren't unnecessary. The Pharisees were incredibly good at that. In fact, here's a passage where they're doing that. They're trying to project their man-made rules onto Jesus. And Jesus is saying, no, no, no. This is what the Sabbath is. This is my desire for you and your Sabbath. It's that you would use it as a day to rest and recuperate. This is why in verse 27 he says the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a gift to us. We should be thankful for it and we should use it accordingly. Again, God has given this to us as a gift. In your busy week, in your hectic week, there's one day for you to just rest. Do you all like taking Sunday afternoon naps? I used to enjoy Sunday afternoon naps until I had children. And that just doesn't happen a whole lot anymore. But that's okay. I find other times to get rest. Now, this does not mean, this does not mean that the Sabbath, you're supposed to sleep all day and only take naps. What it does mean is, is that you're to take this day and like set it aside from the cares of the world. Now, again, we can get really self-righteous with this. So I want to just name a couple things. This does not mean that you can't do homework on the Sabbath. It does not mean that you can't go out to eat at a restaurant on the Sabbath. It does not mean that you can't go on walks or spend time with friends on the Sabbath. It doesn't mean you can't enjoy the good things that you like to enjoy on the Sabbath. But what this does mean is that we should seek to rest from our normal cares on the Sabbath. Because God has set aside this day for us to rest because of our limitations. We should work hard so that our Sabbaths are more meaningful. We should always try to do as much as we can so that we don't have to do all those things on the Sabbath. I try to take my Sunday afternoons to just be. Sometimes I'll be with my kids. Sometimes I'll read. Sometimes I'll sit on my back porch if it's not too hot. I just like to just enjoy. Not having to do, I'll I'll put my phone aside. I'll, I'll turn it off if I have to, just so I can check out and not have to deal with the business of the world. This is what healthy Sabbathing looks like. And I'm not going to say that my view of healthy Sabbathing is going to be your view of healthy Sabbathing, but what I do want you to think about is what would it look like for you to actually get rest in your life? Again, we are not great at taking care of ourselves and our bodies. We like to work hard. We like to push the limits. We like to stay up late playing video games. We like to stay up late texting and talking to our friends. And again, these aren't bad things. But they're not helpful for us as we seek to get rest. So God gave us this gift to be taken advantage of. And again, sometimes work has to happen, and that's okay. I don't want you to be little Pharisees saying, oh, I can't do anything on the Sabbath. But we do need to set a priority in our life. Life does happen. And and Jesus actually gives us an example here. David, in this passage, he's being chased down and hunted. And he runs into the house of God, and he's starving because he's been running And all that's there to eat is the bread of the presence, which was only for the priest to eat. And what does David do? He eats it. Why? Out of necessity. So Jesus is using this as an example to say, you know what? Sometimes things happen, right? Sometimes things happen on the Sabbath. But seek to do it. Seek to rest. Don't be a Pharisee about it. 
So Jesus seeks to reform the way we view the Sabbath and return it to its wonderfully, beautifully intended purpose, which is a gift for you to just be. To just be in his presence and just enjoy him and bring him glory. I read a story this week about an aging woodsman and his young apprentice, and they were having a wood chopping contest. And this apprentice was young and strong, and he was in his physical prime. And this woodsman was aging and old. The young guy worked very hard, stopping only for a lunch break, while the older man would take these longer breaks every now and then. And this young guy, he's just cutting wood. He's just going at it. And he keeps looking over at this older guy thinking, oh, I'm going to beat him in this contest. And at the end, guess who chopped more wood? The old guy who took more rest. And here's the reason why. He says, I don't get it. Every time I checked, you were taking a rest. Yet you chopped more wood than I did. What you didn't notice, said the woodsman, was that I was sharpening my axe when I sat down to rest. So this guy was using a dull axe to cut wood. I don't know if you've ever tried to chop wood. If your axe isn't sharp, it's hard work. If you have a very sharp axe, it's very, very easy. And I share this story with you because I want you to think about this. God gives us a good tool, the Sabbath, rest. And if we're not taking advantage of that tool, we're not actually using that tool for what it's used for, then we're going to find ourselves exhausted, tired, and whooped all the time. God gives us this tool. He wants us to sharpen our view of the Sabbath. The fall has created so many limitations for us that we need something like that. We need to find healthy rest. God has given us the means to work and enjoy rest. So I want you to think about just a couple things. What are some unhealthy patterns of rest that you have in your life? Or maybe unhealthy patterns of lack of rest. I'll take, I'll take one example because you did raise your hand. Yeah. Yeah, for no reason, right? Yeah, okay, that's definitely one. I'll, I'll take a couple more examples. What are some other bad things that we do in regards to rest? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. There's some ways that we can help with that. Maybe getting more sleep the night before. Okay. Here's a couple things I want to encourage you to. And again, I, I told you when we started this series that I'm going to say some things that you probably won't find popular, and I'm okay with that. Here's a couple things that I want you to think about. You need to learn how to say no to things. You need to learn how to say no to others and to yourself. And please do not hear me say that you need to say no to everything in your life. But we do need to know our limitations. Sometimes we just overcommit ourselves. I did that this coming weekend. I overbooked myself and I had to cancel something. And I hate that I had to do that, but I can't be in two places at the same time. Another thing, know your limitations. Know your limitations and be okay with your limitations. Like, you do not have to be superwoman. You do not have to be superman. Know your limitations. Seek to do fewer things better than trying to do a thousand things mediocre or worse. Here's an unpopular one, okay? Have you ever found yourself staring at your phone at night? Yes. And just kind of scrolling and scrolling and scrolling? I don't know much about medical science, but the National Sleep Foundation knows a lot, and I'm going to read from them. Constantly being on a screen makes rest almost impossible. You can deny it all you want, but the blue light that comes from your phone actually, like, it releases something in your brain that tells you it is not time to rest. It is not time to sleep. The hormone melatonin does not get created when you're staring at a screen. 
makes it more difficult to fall asleep, makes it more difficult to wake up. You need a good, healthy circadian rhythm. Here's your fancy term for the night. And this is especially sensitive to blue light because it's short wavelength and it messes with your brain. But because we love to know what's going on, because we love to be connected, or I'm going to put that in quotations, connected with others, we feel like we have to be on that all the time. So maybe a good practice for you is just put it far enough away from you at night where you can't just reach and grab it. Like especially 30 minutes before you go to bed. That's a simple, healthy way that you can create a healthy sleep pattern. We're never at our best when we lack sleep. I've been around y'all enough on youth retreats where if you do not sleep, you're not pleasant to be around. Can I just be honest? I love y'all. I'm not pleasant to be around when I don't get sleep. My temper gets short. My patience gets short. But what I want you to take away from this evening, I want you to just think about ways that you can think about healthy patterns in your life. Jesus is telling us to take advantage of the rest that we so desperately need. He knows that we are weak. He knows that we need to sleep. He knows that we need rest. Kevin DeYoung writes, again, further in that But it says, whatever your take on the specific do's and don'ts of Sunday, I hope that every Christian can agree that God made us from the dust to need regular times of rest. Built into the creation order and commanded it of his people, God's design was not to punish little kids with naps on Sundays or drive us to boredom with inactivity once every seven days. He made the Sabbath for man, not man for the Sabbath. God gives us the Sabbath as a gift. It's an island of get-to and a sea of have-to. He also offers the Sabbath as a test. It's an opportunity to trust God's work more than our own. So I want you to leave here tonight seeking to sharpen your view of the Sabbath, to sharpen your view of how much you need rest, because we do. We all need rest. We're not superhumans. We are human beings. We need rest. So let's pray, and then we'll go to small groups and talk about that a little bit more. Heavenly Father, thank you for this evening. Thank you for this time. We do thank you that we can look at the Scriptures to learn more about ourselves and how much we need you and how much we need rest. So I do pray that as we unpack this a little bit more in our small groups, that you would teach us, that you would help us to leave here with a better understanding of the Sabbath. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. We hope this has been helpful for you. Please keep an ear out for more audio upcoming from WYM.